Episode 4 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about friendly local game stores, also known as FLGS. I'm Kelly, and Adam joins me in this episode to chat about what we like in an FLGS. We start off by how we scope out an FLGS and how we've been fooled. We talk about organization, inventory, layout, and really, we just end up gushing about how great the gaming community is. Adam was recorded via Discord, so be aware that he's a bit digital at times. But without further ado, I'll turn it over to myself and Adam talking about friendly local game stores. Have you gone into what you thought was a game store only to rather quickly turn around and exit? What kind of store was it actually? Yeah, so you're definitely going to get fooled by a few things. Um, Model airplane stores will Mm -hmm. fool you. (laughs) Um, You'll get fooled by a bookstore sometimes because I'll see like a comic book in the window or like a vague fantasy-like poster. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, okay, swing through there. Nope. It's mostly just, uh, you know quilting books and yeah. old magazines. Um, yeah. So those those will get you. Comic book stores will get me, but then I'm still sticking around right. for that. That's really not I'm not that a comic bad. book person, but like, you know, I'll look at Batman for, you know, 10 minutes. And so. I, when I've gone in, there's a comic book store here in Indy, like Downtown Comics. And when I've gone yes. in there, they still have some board games anyway. And I think it's sort of like, we know you like the things. Like right. If, if you're yes. willing to do this, you're probably willing to do that too. So probably very few people disgusted by the games at the comic book store. Right, How right, right. Them. And even like places like Barnes and Noble and bookstores, some of those bigger bookstores now have a surprisingly competent uh, selection of games. Sometimes you wander in those bookstores and then find out, oh, I this is this is going to be slightly cheaper. And a pretty good selection, even though it's not just some local independent game store. Absolutely correct. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. Um, but yeah, those are the ones that really have snuck up on me over the mm-hmm. years. Um, there's probably other ones I just can't think of right now. Um, sometimes small towns have like a an actual toy store that's oh, just right. like Still stuffed there. animals mm-hmm. and like wooden soldier figurines. Sure. And I walk around thinking, clearly this isn't everything here and sure like enough, that's it they're the in occasional business and everything truck mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's it so I, I have been fooled by that as well but you know good for them living the dream yeah that's fun yeah i i think only in bigger cities do you find that in uh, not i don't know if it's really a hipster area but like to some degree you have to be supporting the idea of a toy store in 2021 more than like oh yes we needed a toy store here because you definitely didn't they sell toys everywhere so you almost just want to keep that small town ideal i feel like it's the only time you see it in cities so to see it just surviving naturally in a small town i feel like that is showing the community spirit of like yeah we're gonna go down to frank's store we're gonna buy the little wooden blocks there we're not gonna get it on amazon for half the price we're not gonna do that but that's why i also like going to local game stores over just buying board games on Amazon. There's been some issues on Amazon with um, counterfeit games being sto- being sold on there, as well as like stolen goods would be like resold on there. So it is nice, even though it's a few extra dollars, which, you know, can be considered a luxury to buy your game from a local store. It's worth it to find one in your area and kind of support the full circle 
of your hobby instead of giving those dollars up and out of your community to something like Amazon. I 100% agree. I also think that, that it really makes a lot of sense because, you know, there's obviously video games. There's lots of other games that mm -hmm. are not tactile, right? But board games, the yeah. thing we're talking about here, we want to touch it, right? We want to interact with it and other yeah. people. So it makes sense to want to go to a place, right? Like I do. I want to walk through aisles and look at the back of the box. Right. I don't necessarily just need to read online what's going on. I want to see for myself. I want to feel the weight of the box. Yep. Like that's made, the weight of a box has made a purchasing decision in my brain, more times than I can imagine. Right. You know, we, if it's like, I'm not going to spend, you know, this amount of money on what I assume is only three packing peanuts in this box. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. Or, yeah. you know, you're like $30, but this thing, I mean, it, 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 the game must be called bricks because right. that's what's in here. I don't know what's all they put in there, but I'm going to find out today. Right. So. Your pound for pound value. I also feel like versus buying um, a board game online, which for a long time we were buying games on on Amazon. It's maybe in the last couple of years we've kind of transitioned away from that. Being surprised at the box that shows up because there's no frame of reference when you're shopping online. So you might have been like, oh yeah, this $40 game, it looks really exciting. It looks real fun. And you get it and it's like palm size. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, this is still right. fine. And I mean, you know, what is the value of an idea and the fun you may have? It doesn't have to have these crazy big um, boxes and components. But there is sort of a level of expectation between the price you pay and then what you end up getting. So, yeah, when you can see it in person and, you know, pick up the box and kind of really look at it. And a lot of times those local game shops will have a copy of the game open. I mean, not every time, but pretty often um, they have open demo copies. So you might be able to actually see the pieces and they may even teach it to you. Yeah, I, I, was, I would say a, uh, a top-tier game store mm. is going to do that, you know, for sure. I think that a very motivated store, because it does, again, yeah, those, those pieces make a difference. I want to see those plastic figurines every time they're there, right? That's yeah. what you want to know. How good are those going to last when you're playing? How cool are they? How intricate are they? Yeah, and I will say to that same point of, like, a top-tier store, which I know is one of the categories that we have, the people there are going to matter because even though they may um, have that game there for you, be able to tell you that game, maybe even have one open, the people both behind the counter and just in the store are also going to influence the experience for you. I know the store that um, we go to here in town, the Game Preserve, we've been to other stores, but now we're like, eh, we like the people there uh, the most and even though they may not have they have a pretty good selection even though they may not have the best selection you start to prefer kind of the total experience and the people as part of that completely um this actually this past weekend i was in a uh, a local game store here i was flipping through a box of um uh bulk magic the gathering cards looking through that stuff mm -hmm. uh, other people were looking through other cards uh, several adorable moments happen uh, while we're there. Uh, families coming in for each of like, the kids to buy a Pokemon booster pack that they get to open. Oh, okay. Probably like a trip to McDonald's afterwards. It's like, oh, you yeah. know, what a, what a wholesome, cool thing to do. But there's also this moment where um, this, this dad, you know, was with the kids, you know, looking at the different Pokemon cards, like individual ones with them. And at one point he goes uh, to the guy behind the counter, he goes, how much is that one in the case there? Because we have that one. And... The guy was like, oh, that one's $220. And 
audibly anyone heard that number was like nice and like literally just (laughs) other customers giving feedback about like that guy finding out he had like this high value thing like several people just being like oh that's awesome hey that's great that you got that you know like this really cool thing and that's what i want to see in a game store as far as like the customers right just like not involved in what i'm doing but just you know here's a cheers moment hey that's a great game and then walking on by you know that kind of thing yeah i think us coming off of the gen con experience i think it's best if you can if your game store, the whatever game store that you're visiting, has not a full-out convention vibe, that would be asking a lot. But at a convention, there's just a sense of camaraderie. So yeah, someone finding out they have you know uh, a valuable card, you know, and they had they had no idea that everyone is kind of coming in to support them and then you know talk with them about that, like. That's creating that community spirit and the camaraderie that you would hope to see. Absolutely. It just makes your time there, I think, just so much better. Mm-hmm. And it's it's free. It doesn't cost anything to be yeah. a nice person. You know, that's the thing, too. Like, it's real easy to do. Um, I think, you know, we should all try to do it when we're in game stores yeah. uh, and things like that. And I think if we all do, making the world a better place, one nice statement at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we were at the Game Preserve last week. We more or less go every week. And there was a group of four, I'm going to say, like, older teens um, that seemed to be two couples that came in. They were kind of looking for a game, so they were talking, both of the guy behind the counter, and then they were asking uh, Aaron and myself, like, well, if you were playing with four players, what kind of games would you play? Um, And I think, you know, as you want to give the best advice you can in the moment, but inevitably, after you leave, you're like, oh, I thought of eight more games that I could have said. Yep. But I think just that uh, because you're both at a specialty store, not that you can't have that connection at, I don't know, Target. Target's game selection is pretty good. But you both came into the to that specialty store. It makes you a little closer connected on on your interest. And I think not only are we like willing to give recommendations, but that other shoppers, like if I'm, I don't know, maybe that's me. If I'm just randomly shopping somewhere, I'm maybe not as open to the passing strangers feedback on like product A versus product B. But I think because games kind of take more of a time investment and you're in this specialty shop, it the culture of it kind of changes a bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm not getting a lot of recommendations on like the cream of mushroom from soup when I'm, yeah. you know, in that aisle, which is in like, grocery store, you it's know, fine, but you see what other people, and this is, I guess inevitably going to be a judgment state statement about like other people's shopping carts, but you see other people's shopping carts, no matter what it is you buy versus the, them buying. I'm sure we've all had that moment where it's like, that's your, that's what you're buying. That's what you're okay. That's your whole cart. All then. the Lorna dunes, all of them. Okay. Right. Hey, you know what? And whether you're you must like, know something I don't. right. Whether you're the person on the side of like getting all of the, um, like fast and convenience food, then seeing someone with just an entire cart full of vegetables, like that's impractical. How could you ever, you're just going to throw all those away. Or if you're a cart full of vegetables person and seeing someone buy what appears to be only Mountain Dew and cereal, e- either way, I think you're just like, I probably don't want their advice. Um, and I think that's less true at a game store. It's like, yeah, I, pro- I probably do want to know what they think about this game, whether I agree or not. Like their advice is more likely to be valuable to me than if I were somewhere else. Right. Um, I also do want to share my favorite cart that I've ever seen in a okay. store was a cart full of wine and two crock pots. I nearly wanted to follow what? that person home. Just know. <laughs> I don't know. What's going on? What's happening? Who has, who are you 
meeting at home that has the rest yeah. of the groceries. I would that right. would be what my a weird first division of labor in right. those purchases. Well, there's a deal on crockpots and wine at Meyer. So you go right. to Whole Foods and get actually everything else. Right. You raise the cow that we're going to eventually, you know, use all this basting for the wine and Mm -hmm. crock potting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Two crock pots anyway. I'll see you next summer. Commitment. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, I think that's a party, but moving on. It's a party, but you know, who knows what kind. And that's sometimes the cart thing is like how many people are actually involved in the shopping cart. Is it just you? I think sometimes I'm like, I must be seeing restaurants purchasing things like they just happen to be purchasing things at a grocery store instead of through like a supplier because there's no way that any regular household could be consuming what they have in their cart like you you have to be running at least a food truck there's no i never think about people like buying business things that seems reasonable it seems reasonable so we are going to move on to inventory we've we've covered people pretty well i think we may or may not even traffic in negativity. We'll see how it goes on this podcast. We talked about positive people things and and, uh, kind of the community spirit that you get. What about inventory when you're visiting a new game store or what you like about your preferred local game store? What do you want to see in their inventory? Oh, I like a uh, a floor to ceiling as much as I can of inventory. I don't like a lot of space on the walls unless that space is filled with some okay. sort of like fun retro poster that, you know, catches my eye or some sort of like like if there's like a harpoon on the wall or something, fine. You know, Have like if there's something really cool on there. But otherwise, I want games everywhere and you know, games there, there's no standard for how they organize them. No. I was in one recently where it was all alphabetical. Just Right. You open the door, you start at A, right. and you go all the way. And I was like, oh, I don't – I guess it makes sense if I came here to find a game. Yeah. yeah I get yeah. that. You streamline that process. That's a hard to browse in my opinion. Yeah, because a lot of times you'll see – so the Game Preserve has uh, party games, small games, and then they have like popular kind of miscellaneous stuff. Then new releases – bestsellers and then as you fade into the back of the store it's just like your own nonsense and you know exactly what you came here for like it's the less kind of flashy someone just walked in if you are looking for twilight imperium like you probably don't need help finding that if you're looking for miniatures or whatever like you know where you're going so i think that can kind of by type of game can kind of help direct you i've also seen it by publisher and i think that is a lot some publishers will publish the same sorts of games but also their box sizes can be like more standardized yeah so purely from a stacking and shelving perspective then like things line up appropriately and kind of fit together when you're doing the same publisher i'll say that you don't necessarily see a lot of open space i don't see a lot of really big game stores the ones that i typically go to there's one that's kind of big so they do have like a lot of space and their whole um their whole store is like one big area so they have uh places where you can play games and then also the store and it's just all in one big open area but the game preserve is small so they're even if you know they have kind of a back room where games and tournaments happen but the front room of the store like there's just not extra space for a 
harpoon even if they had one and that's uh i've seen some that are bigger or i feel like i've seen some where it feels like there's not enough stuff in there okay for the size that it is i've definitely right. been in those before one thing that i would say as far as size more than even the store itself is the size to walk around because sometimes you can't walk down the aisle like if another person's there yeah like i like a two-person passing aisle store right like that's my my favorite right there you know, so I don't have to like make the big loop and like go around the another way, mm-hmm. or, like find a path, which maybe mm-hmm. is a game in itself. You know what? Maybe they're just that committed to games that, you know, I yeah, see what they've done there, you to look at Force you to look at more stuff. That could be, yeah. The game preserve is kind of a, uh, not an alley, but it's just like one, it's a very long rectangle. So there are no aisles. There's maybe two or three tiny, maybe maybe four tiny aisles in the store completely. So for the most part, if you're looking at like the main game selection, you can kind of just pass in front of and behind people as you scan the wall. I will say there's one downtown. It's also all in one room and it's, they have like snacks and stuff as well. They have a lot of tables, but everything feels very crowded. It actually used to be a different game store and somebody else came in and what they did was add tables mostly. So it used to be kind of like an open sort of space and just a few games that you could play. And now it's like a store and games you could play and they have food and it is it is very crowded. So if you happen to be, there's usually not a ton of people like browsing the store part when we've gone so it's not too big of an issue it would kind of be one person per cubby like they kind of have these short aisles along the wall that end up being sort of like cubbies so you would kind of just need to it wouldn't really be comfortable necessarily to be especially if you're actually trying to squat and look at different games to be in that little space with anybody else yeah yeah, that's one thing I've noticed for sure. I, I do like a good walking space there. And there's different layouts. I've seen ones that don't yeah, don't have shelves at all. They like stack the games up mm. in almost like piles. Okay. Um, also, I like kind of a shelf that I just said, you know, floor to ceiling games, didn't I? And I'm about to contradict myself. Well. So warning. Uh, the half shelves, though, like in the center of the store, because then you can see also the whole store. Oh. And then on the walls floor to ceiling yes i kind of like that setup as well yeah yeah i think it could be a bit claustrophobic especially like game covers are pretty busy so and even like this even if you're setting them sideways the spines i could imagine it would feel maybe a bit more i think people want to imagine it's going to feel like a library but i think books still have a different aesthetic to them than board games even if you're standing your board games up on the side yeah correct you have the font on a board game has a lot more uh, fanciness and filigree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as far as that's kind of how we like to see it organized and displayed, do you prefer a game store to, do you think it's better for them to always be kind of there with the new releases, even Kickstarters? A lot of Kickstarters have like retailer pledges or having like the old uh, kind of faithful titles, a mix of both, like, what are you, and even like party games to heavy games, kind of what are you expecting to see at a store? What do you like to see? So when I go, I'm typically going, I guess, for two, really I'm going dominantly probably to buy gifts for other people more than myself. Oh, okay. I wow. think. I mean, I have, that you was know, very I would say a good chunk of games, but I don't have like a ton of games. Yeah. I don't have nearly as much as I bought for the people, I okay. think. And so I'm looking for then two things, right? I'm looking for a game I know is good. Or I'm looking for 
something brand new, mm-hmm. something pretty much that has never been heard of. So it's exciting, right? That's what you want out of a gift, right? Either quality or excitement. And if you're if you're buying gifts for someone who has a lot of games, it can be a safe bet to buy something brand new. And especially maybe something that is then off Kickstarter, if you know that they're not really using Kickstarter, because there's not a chance that they there's less of a chance that they've also already bought that game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to just buy someone who already plays games, something like Ticket to Ride. Oh, that'd be a bold move. Chances are, if they don't already have it, that's intentional, I would think. Right. They probably haven't didn't just miss that. No. Over the years. No, no, no. It's getting a little blurrier now, like I said, with um, places like Barnes & Noble and Target that are selling beyond the like old school standard type board games. Target is doing stuff with Buffalo games and then Phil Walker Harding, who's made all kinds of very like, I say introductory weight. It's not like crazy heavy euros, but he makes like fun, solid games that are pretty good with families. There've been quite a few of those at um, Target. And even when Will Wheaton was still doing tabletop, I think that's when that started. Like the geek and sundry kind of had like a line of selected games at Target and Target some exclusives, which kind of annoys local game stores where it eventually comes to the game store, but it still first goes to Target. Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition just did that. Jaws of the Lion also did that. I think now even more so it helps at those friendly local shops. I think it helps that they have a diversity of brand new things, some and then like the old standards, because now I think you probably can get Ticket to Ride at Target. But you're not going to see the number of expansions that are available at Target. No, no. And expansions, by the way, what a great gift. Like once you know somebody has a game, yeah. you can just keep buying that birthday and Christmas present over and over, you know, like right. for till they stop making them. Most. Right, right. I, I could see how, let's say with Ticket to Ride specifically, that could become a bit oppressive. And maybe after a couple of years, there would just be a conversation about like, hey, you got to stop buying these for me. Yeah. So yeah, it kind of depends on the type of collection, I guess, that you're um, looking to maintain. We're kind of flipping our collection over because we did buy a lot of those things that were easily available and cheaply available on Amazon uh, maybe like five to eight years ago when we were really getting into this. And now over time, we maybe don't play those games as much. There's kind of a mix of games that we heard are good and are still being printed that we kind of look for see how we're feeling if there's any of those we want to pick up but we do still stop by the new releases first I think having those kind of new releases and safe bets it helps the average person that might just stop in kind of there's something to guide them to yeah it can be definitely overwhelming sometimes and I think a good proprietor is that the oh proprietor? Yeah, be able to navigate that, and that's um kind of a, you know I know we've already talked about people. I know we're going to kind of talk about a person again, but I also like about a local game store. A lot of times, it's the owner or your okay. very owner adjacent. Yeah, when you're talking, and when I go to a game store, I love talking to the owner about their shop. You know mm-hmm. what? What do people like? You know uh, what do people come in here for? You know, you can easily just talk for an hour and have a pretty good understanding of the market they're targeting towards, what works, what doesn't. It's oh, really right. interesting. The market they're targeting towards, yeah. As you go through, because people say, I can't stop, I can't get in enough of this game. 
And then another one will never sell that copy ever. Right. And you just kind of see these differences by geography or maybe by their audience. You know, they'll say, oh, hey, I get a lot of, you know, this, this target age group in. So I end up selling a lot of these kind of things. It's really interesting. If you get a chance to talk to uh, game store owners, please do. I think you can learn a lot about uh, their system on that. And also sometimes they're really honest about where they make their money oh, okay. on things. You know, they'll say, hey, you know, this is just a break-even item for me. Really where I make my money is is this other area. And as people that want to support local game stores, that's good to know. Right. You know, because if you want to put more dollars at the end of the day into their pockets, right. do it. And especially if you know that you can't, you know, if you know you won't be able to buy everything that they may sell, like some things you are still just going to end up buying Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, what have you. Kind of knowing where the most impact to them lies, you can kind of spend your dollars more wisely. That's interesting about what the stores target. I think maybe this is still, maybe it's not true, but I feel like being in a city and really not having gone to like small town stores as much as you have, that they don't have maybe the same specialization in a city as you might see there where if it's a small town you may just kind of have like well this is the market where my where my store is if they're not you know selling things online or whatever like this is the market where my store is in and so therefore my interest is the interest of the people that are around here that are coming in consistently oh absolutely yeah i've had stores be like you know i never cared about Yu-Gi-Oh, but then all of a sudden mm. all these people are in here Asking wanting to it. buy Yu-Gi-Oh cards so now I'm a Yu-Gi-Oh expert and I'm holding right. tournaments I'm doing all this stuff you know they, you know you have to meet that so right. it, it is interesting yeah and that's and that shows the I think that's neat not a lot of stores are kind of dictated by their customers in that way in a good way right. and that's something that we haven't touched on which I haven't done too much of, I think you've done more of, I've done actually none of it, going to events at game stores, because I think that can be, um, again, back to the community building thing, but also bringing people in the door and walking them past your inventory where, you know, maybe they'll just go ahead and buy something as they're hosting these events. And I know a lot of game stores usually have like a certain day of the week is a certain thing. And that's what everybody comes to play on that day of the week. Yeah, that's pretty standard. Um, they usually, the ones I like, at least there's a big calendar somewhere in that store of the month, and it'll tell okay. you every event going on. And I just think that's really neat. Um, and sometimes it's still online, but just that analog moment mm-hmm. of, you know, just looking at what all the month holds, the different events. Sometimes they'll put like also new releases on that. So it's kind of like come play, you know, this game on Thursday and then this new game comes out this day and things. So if you get a chance in the store, try to look for the calendar. Um, Sometimes it's also online. But yeah, I and that's a whole other thing about playing in a store, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're not interacting with the people of that store. If it's a store that's your local store that you go to, you end up building that rapport and that connection with, you know, other people that come regularly, the store owners, the people that work there and stuff. Um, and if you're a stranger in like, you know, a, a city you don't live in or state you don't live in, it's really interesting. I've had great experiences, super welcoming. It's mm-hmm. like you've played there for years. That's not always the case as well. Yeah. But I think you very quickly can get the pulse on kind of the vibe and the people that are going to be there very quickly by playing even a single event mm-hmm. on that. It's a great way to know fast. Right, right. And that is, that's nothing I've done. The the most um, playing with strangers I've ever done, aside from the um, like complete strangers of playing like on Board Game Arena, we played some things at Gen Con, like at an event. We played um, 
the crew with just some random strangers. Uh, we play tested a game with just some random strangers. And I think that for someone like myself, pretty introverted, that's one of the things that I like about when you're playing with other people, there's already like a specified activity. So a lot of that kind of uh, anxiety of meeting new people and just for me, the exhaustion of meeting new people and interacting with them, that's eased by saying, okay, yes, here are the pieces, here are the rules, here's what we're going to do together. And there's kind of this uh, social agreement already in place that, yes, we're going to play this together. But I imagine in that same way, you might find out a lot about people kind of fast by how they play a game. And if you're in some new area and it's sort of like, oh, the unwritten social code here is, you know, fill in the blank, that that could be pretty impactful in, you know, you might be passing that town again. It might be pretty impactful on whether or not it's going to be worth you stopping and really what your opinions were formed on that on for that game store. Yeah, absolutely. And even within the group of people playing, uh, you know, having done this before, you'll you'll kind of find yourself uh, finding your people because, mm. you know, let's say there's a person acting in a way that wouldn't be how I would play a game, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe questionably cheating or yelling or just mm-hmm. kind of maybe something like that. You can kind of see who all starts eyeing each other as far as like, well, this isn't cool. And then maybe the next game you just like play with Circle them. up. You know what I mean? So I think right. even within the game store, it doesn't mean you don't ever go to that store again, but you can kind of maybe, you know, pair off with like-minded individuals, you know, mm-hmm. um, after a game or two pretty quickly, I found. Yeah. And what we're kind of ever so wonderfully transitioning to is our last category that we want to discuss, which is the vibe of a store. So kind of abstract, but what we're already talking about of being like some unwritten rules, kind of the tone and feel of it, whether or not it's a place you feel comfortable spending a lot of time or not. Um, I know sometimes there's even like a bit of a theme, a bit more whimsy, or maybe it's a bit more commercial, a bit more like, yes, we're selling these Yu-Gi-Oh cards. And this is how the system is for doing that. So what are some of the, if you have any examples of like a store you went to that had a really good vibe? Yeah. So as far as a store with a vibe for me, I like a high whimsy for sure. Mm -hmm. I want castle walls. Okay. If you could have like some sort of a faux drawbridge, I love all of that. That is a lot I of like whimsy. Getting, you want? That is a lot of whimsy. Yeah, I want, again, I want figurine. I want like, you know, like to scale. I want a suit of armor in there or a stormtrooper. I want that kind of decoration. We all know why we're here, right? This yeah. isn't, I, I like stores that also. So just do fun things, Okay. you know, yeah. that host big fun events that have, you know, Halloween parties, New Year parties, you know, that want to kind of celebrate those things and know that that's where people want to spend their time and really just make it fun. I want a store that's fun more than I want anything else. Of course, a clean store is good. An organized store is good. (laughs) But a fun store. But if they got a stormtrooper and a drawbridge, forget cleanliness. We're Absolutely. You know what? I'll bring the mop myself next time. That's fine. (laughs) You know, we all have to ship in. But no, yeah, I want a very fun store. Life can be difficult. Life can be tough. Life can be sad. I don't think games should be that way. Like, that's why we're all there, to have some fun. I think in those sort of hobby-focused and um, small entrepreneur, um, independently-owned places, 
you do get that feeling of people um, kind of more often living their dream or maybe being motivated by that because it's profitable or whatever to have the store, but it's probably, there's probably a level of passion that helps. And so when you see that passion come through in like some whimsy, some decoration, um, kind of a bit of an event or whatever else might be going on, I think that's like another connection point to why you, why it's nice to be in the hobby and kind of what keeps you into, in our case, into board gaming as a hobby. But that might be true for those unique like uh, hobby store experiences, whatever they may be. Perfectly said. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're all looking for our people. Yeah. You know, we're all looking for our tribe, you know, we're, we're social creatures. And so when you can find people that you can connect with and also just connect with, uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier where there's so much doesn't have to be explained. You know, mm-hmm. imagine when you talk to people that don't understand this world, right? There's so much explanation, right? Right. We've all started the conversation with how similar it is to Monopoly, right? Yes. Well, I know these things. I know what Monopoly is. How do I relate it to this? Or I know what chess is. Let's relate it back to that. Right. So to, to be able to start so far ahead with a stranger, I think just has a lot of value. And if we probably have that in more areas in life, probably be good. For people who aren't already in the hobby, I think going to a board game store is a certain kind of well like marketing i guess it's it should be a friendly local game store it should be an experience that after they go there they see the other people in the store the people who are shopping and how they're interacting with one another and interacting with like the products that are there the staff themselves how um you know they're answering questions and able to help guide you so when we here, um, you know, if we're out playing games or we hear someone showing an interest in that, we like to direct them to that store because even if they end up buying their games wherever else, there's still a level of trust that when they go into that store, they're going to better understand the scope of this hobby, what's available in it, and that even if they don't have to get into mm-hmm. it as much as we are, that it is beneficial. Yeah, that that's a great point. Another uh, pro tip I'd like to throw on the pile yeah. there is if they sell T-shirts at, at the friendly local game store, buy one oh, and wear one. Right. That's advertising for that place all the time. I, I know I've got a stack of them from different ones. Some are not even around anymore, but it's uh, it's a cool way. Right. You know what we wear is going to be seen by a lot of people. Yeah. So you know, and I've noticed from other people. And I'll kind of make a note of the name of it, and then I'll maybe Google it later or whatever and stuff. Right, because that can make a difference for sure. If you're gonna be wearing, if you're gonna be wearing a t-shirt, that's kind of I. I don't think I have any game store t-shirts, but I don't think the game preserve. I have not seen t-shirts in there, but that's kind of how I feel about wearing Gen Con shirts. So I, when I uh, will be out somewhere, sometimes I realize like, okay, yeah, I am in a Gen Con shirt, or like you know, a Gen Con hoodie and a shut up and sit down shirt, which I don't think anybody has ever thought, maybe they've Googled it later, but I don't think anyone has ever thought that is board game related when I'm just out randomly in public. If anything, I feel like I get kind of a squint and a sideways glance as to why my shirt's being so rude. (laughs) Um, But then also playing those games out in public and kind of just inviting people into like letting them see it. I know that I went to a couple, three, four years ago, I went to like a Panera and people were playing Catan, I think, at Panera. And I was like, that is awesome. Look at him out here in the wild playing this game. (laughs) So you kind of, 
you know, and now that things are opening back up a little more, you can kind of be out places a little more comfortably. Wear the game shirts from your local game store. Play the games from your local game store. So, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a good point that, you know, take that outside the game store doors as well. Take your your care for that and your interest. And as a representative of the hobby, when people start asking you questions, then direct them back to that local game store so they can kind of experience it for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's uh, it's such a cool community. It really is. And it is. I don't know. It's really it's really neat that so many people can get together, whether it's friends yeah. or strangers, mm-hmm. and and connect over, you know, again, like you said, an agreed imaginary set of rules that right. we just sit down and talk about life while playing this game. I think it's right. such a good conduit for, you know, just gathering. You know, you know, yeah. people talk about like that's what like Thanksgiving dinners were and things like that. That's kind of what a board game is in a lot of ways. But just mm-hmm. a way to gather. Thank you for listening to this episode of Board Games with Variant Hex. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop, as we have no schedule. Right now, we're in a strong stream of episodes dropping every day that will certainly dry up a bit later, but not just yet. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, preemptively on Twitch. We still haven't streamed there. That's all at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog that we don't use much, but it does exist at VariantHex.com. And of course, you can email us at podcast at Variant Hex if you have show ideas, fun suggestions, amusing anecdotes. We're open to just about anything. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Mm-hmm.